Welcome to the Desert City Church Podcast. What you're about to hear is a sermon given live at one of our Sunday gatherings. We are spending the summer in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is a big word, but it simply means repetition of the law or a repeating of the law. It is a book comprised of a series of sermons Moses gave the people of God before they were to enter the promised land. They had spent 40 years wandering. It was a time of formation, identity, and unexpected lessons. These divine words come to us out of the wilderness. But if you could open up to Deuteronomy chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 1. These are the words of Moses. Spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan. This is how this book opens up. These are the words of Moses. Spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan. We're going to start this series on Deuteronomy. And we're going to call it Out of the Wilderness because this is a book that comes to God's people out of the wilderness. Moses is here and he's, he's speaking and he's giving this address. And Deuteronomy is a, a word that is kind of fun to say, Deuteronomy. Um, my dad's a pastor, and I grew up in the church, and I remember uh, as, a, as a child, one time my dad wanted me to come up onto the stage with him and, and uh, recite uh, the, verse, the verse reference, and it was in Deuteronomy. And I remember even as a young child saying, I don't want to get up in front of people and say Deuteronomy. It sounds like Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, <laughs> being very intimidated by that word. Um, but I think what's fascinating is uh, th- this Deuteronomy uh, it's a book that it's kind of in the Old Testament. Oftentimes we, we don't spend a lot of attention to it. But as we jump into this book, what we'll find is that it's this book that's alive and there's, there's color to it and there's texture. And it's just this uh, beautiful word of God to his people. The word Deuteronomy actually means, uh, it means a repetition of the law. Repetition of the law. And what Deuteronomy is, is the, the people of God, they were, they were slaves in Egypt and cried out to God to deliver them. And after uh, a certain amount of time, God delivers them from the Egyptians. And uh, they go through the Red Sea. Their oppressors get washed away. And they go out to the wilderness. And while they're in the wilderness, uh, they're, they're, they're being formed into a certain kind of people uh, so that when they can enter into this land that God has promised them, they're ready to live in it. And they're ready to be the kind of people that God desires. Deuteronomy opens up kind of at the end of this time of wandering in the wilderness. It, Deuteronomy takes place when the people of God are just getting ready to enter into this land that has been promised to them. And so Moses is speaking here. These are the words of Moses out of the wilderness. And he's given this repetition of what the law is. So if you know a little bit about the law, the uh, the word the Torah, it's the first five books of the Old Testament, also known as the Pentateuch. Um, When we get to Deuteronomy, uh, Moses is kind of of repeating what this law is. And he's telling the people, here's the law that we have found, the word of God that has been given to us. And as we enter into this land that has been promised to us, I want to kind of reiterate what this means. So Moses gives this series of sermons about what it means to be the people of God. And this is this book that we have of Deuteronomy. Part of the reason that Moses is giving these sermons is uh, it's been close to over 40 years since they've left Egypt. And this, there's this new generation of leaders and families that have emerged. And Moses is trying to explain to them, this is what the law 
is all about. Uh, there's this old, old Testament scholar that says, Moses is portrayed as explaining the divine will to a new generation, which had not itself experienced the formative events of their religious history. So Deuteronomy starts with Moses looking backward. He looks backward to, here's where we've been as the people of God. Here's where God has taken us out of Egypt into this wilderness. And here's what happened in the wilderness. There were all sorts of unexpected lessons. We went through some ups and some downs, but God had formed us to be a certain kind of people through this wilderness experience. And then Deuteronomy looks forward into our future, and Moses is saying, this is what it means for us as the people of God. As we go into this promised land, as we step into our future, we're supposed to be a particular kind of people that we've learned through the experiences in the wilderness. And out of the wilderness comes unexpected lessons. Out of the wilderness comes unexpected blessing and provision from God. Out of the wilderness comes unexpected wisdom. All sorts of things happen through this wilderness experience that God's people go through. And I wanted to talk about this book because I, I feel like this idea of a wilderness experience, uh, we still go through that today. These moments of wandering, moments of wondering where God is, moments of loneliness and pain. We go through these experiences where we're wondering what God is up to in the midst of it. And yet God is here saying, I'm forming something inside of you. There's something going on here. Moses wants us to know there's unexpected lessons in these circumstances of life. So as Moses is giving these sermons and talking about where they've been and where they're going, uh, he comes, Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is kind of the text that I want to guide us really for the whole summer. It says in verse 1, Moses is, is addressing uh, God's people, and he says, Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord has promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in order to know what is in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that a man, as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God is disciplining you. And here's the thing, when you talk about this experience that they go through, what they find is that God has been at work in their life through this wilderness wandering. There's something going on here, these words of, of a humbling and a testing and a forming of revealing what is in your heart. And Moses is saying this journey that we've been on, God's been at work the whole time. In the midst of the wilderness experience, God was there working in our life. I don't like going through wilderness experiences. I don't know if you do. Uh, I do like to hike, but I like to be able to get back to my car and find water. Uh, this is camping season. A lot of people are up north right now camping. 
Um, there's a bunch of couples that are trying to plan a camping trip, and I keep faking it and being like, yeah, that sounds like fun. We, yeah, we love to camp. Like, I am terrible at camping. And uh, like, I, like, I can't even set up a tent. I don't have like a tent engineering license. Um, the wilderness for me is uncomfortable. For some of you, you're very outdoorsy. You love it. Uh, you love being out in the wilds. Uh, me, for, it's a different kind of uh, experience for me. I think Jim Gaffigan talks about it like voluntary homelessness, right, when we go camping. <laughs> some of us like going camping, but I don't think any of us like going through these wilderness experiences. They're uncomfortable. Going through the wilderness often is lonely and painful. There's all sorts of uncertainty. There's not security going through wilderness experiences. I think for me, I, I've lived a pretty sheltered life. Uh, I joke with my wife about this. She's like, no, you've, you've gone through like trials and relatively speaking, I haven't. Uh, but a couple, uh, we lived uh, in, in Dallas for a couple of years. And my wife and I went out there. Some of you know our story on uh, part of this project with a, a church startup. And uh, it was my wilderness experience. And when I was uh, in Dallas for two years, uh, what I learned is that it was a time for me where, where God was forming something in my heart. And, uh, and I'm the kind of person that um, tends to be uh, competitive and uh, can be a little bit arrogant. And um, th- those are great like, um, qualities if you're like running a-, a company. Probably not great qualities for a pastor. And I felt like this experience that I went through when we moved uh, to Texas was this wilderness experience where God was doing something in my heart. And I felt like um, in, in a very humbling way, molding me uh, to be uh, a certain kind of uh, person. We go through different experiences in our life that when we're in the midst of going through them, we don't know uh, exactly what God's up to. And it's only when we look back with perspective we see, oh, he was there and he was doing something. I think the first thing that, that Moses is saying to his people is that the wilderness is a place of humbling. And that's a good thing. The wilderness is a place of humbling. And this is a good thing. I feel like when I uh, look at other leaders that I, I look up to, um, people that I want to follow, for me it's the pastoring world. Those that I admire the most are humble leaders. They're humble at heart. Even if they're successful, there's a humility about them. And I think that humility is often very overrated or underrated in our culture. Humility uh, I had heard an example of, of if we are like clay, like scripture talks about how we're like clay that God molds. When we're not humble, when we're arrogant, it's like we've been hardened. And as God tries to mold us, we just snap and break. But what humility does is it softens us and allows God to mold us and shape us into being the kind of person that he desires. And there's this humility that comes going through this wilderness experience that we'll find this, this summer where God's people realize they can't make it on their own. They're completely dependent upon God to show up, to provide, to guide them. And story after story and experience after experience, what we find is that God is reminding them that he is with them and that they can depend on him for their strength. I've shared uh, that C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite authors. My family were reading through the Chronicles of Narnia with our children. Um, Fascinating stories, great writer, uh, English. Um, And uh, he's just a wonderful mind. 
but he talks a lot about this idea of humility, of, of it being this thing that is so underrated yet so important. And he says this uh, in, in Mere Christianity. He says, there is one vice of which no man in the world is free, which everyone in the world loathes when he sees it in someone else, and of which hardly any people, except Christians maybe, ever imagine that they are guilty of themselves. There's no fault which makes a man more unpopular and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves. And the vice I'm talking about is pride or self-conceit. And the virtue opposite to it in Christian morals is called humility. And he goes on to say, a proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. This experience of the wilderness is very humbling, and yet it's really good. Because I think what it does, I think what, as we go through really challenging experiences, it creates an awareness. When we're humble, we're open. We're open to what God has for us. And we're open to the input of, input of others. And I, I've heard one person say that humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. When we go through wilderness experiences, if we're open to it, what we find is this God who is... Uh, with us, providing for us, shaping us into being this moldable person that is actually bearable to be around. One thing I found, and C.S. Lewis says this, is when we, you want to know how prideful you are, you want to know if you're, you're uh, uh, full of conceit, is when you despise pride in other people, when you can see that in others and it drives you nuts, then you probably struggle with it yourself. Like, yeah, because I really get annoyed with prideful people. So maybe this is something I need being dealt with, dealt with. When we go through these wilderness experiences, much like Israel, the people of God, there's a humbling that comes. Moses says, we've been there to be humbled, but in the midst of that humbling, we're now available to be the kind of people that God has designed us to be. Teachable, moldable. The second thing, the wilderness is a place of testing. A place of testing. It says this in Deuteronomy 8, to humble and to test you. And when we first hear that, we can get kind of, there's a lot of weird theology that can get mixed in there. Like, does God make these bad things happen to me? Or is God tempting me to, to see if I'm actually going to do evil? But what this word means is, is this is a proving ground for the people of God. To go into the wilderness, there's something here that, that as they're tested, it reveals what is going on in their heart. It reveals what's inside of them when they go through these wilderness experiences. I think for, for me, when, when my wife and I moved to Texas for a couple of years, one of the things that was so challenging was we, we went through this season where it just felt like God didn't answer prayer. Like it was like he answered all of our prayer and then all of a sudden it was like, where did he go? Like, did we, did we do something wrong? Like, and, and I've had seasons in my life where it's like, man, it's like God just is involved in everything that you do and everything you, you touch works out. And it's like he's answering prayer. And there are these other seasons where it just seems lonely, distant. And I don't know why. Those are one of the questions I'll get to heaven of like, God, what, where were you in the midst of this? And, you know, we like write poems about like the footprints in the sand and you look back and he's carrying you. And like, we get that. But in the midst of going through a wilderness experience, sometimes it's just lonely. It's like, where is God? Why is he not responding to the things that we desire and hope for? Maybe you've experienced this in your life. It's like you're banging your head against the wall trying to get something and you just don't understand why 
doors don't open up or relationships don't work out or, or, or where, why isn't God just, I, I, I'm you know, hoping that, that he'll come through for me, but he doesn't. It feels like a wilderness experience, wandering, looking for water, looking for shelter. And yet there's this, this testing. What, what Moses says is, is as you're in this experience of the wilderness, God is revealing what's truly in your heart. Are you still going to be faithful? Does your relationship depend on what you can get from God, or does it depend on who God is? No matter what your circumstances, there's a faithfulness in your heart to say, I'm with you, God. This humbling and testing experience reveals what's there. I think in my life, I found there's two ways that God will test my heart. The first way I love, it's when God gives me more of something. And yeah, I think there is something that, that when God entrusts us with things, he wants to know what we'll do stewardship-wise with the, the things that he entrusts us with. And oftentimes in, these, in Scripture, we find story after story of, of people who, who will, will mess up, will screw up their lives not in moments of weakness, but in moments of success and abundance. I think this is one way God wants to know, if I'm, if I'm entrusting you with this, will you be a good steward of it? But then the other way that I think that he does test us in moments is by giving us less of something. This is the wilderness experience. Even if I don't have God come through the way that I expect him, will I still be faithful to God? He doesn't answer all of my prayers. He doesn't respond the way that I want. When he removes things from my life. Because my wife and I went to Texas. Um, for me, uh, first thing that I, I realized is I put a lot of my identity in close relationships. In close friendships that I had built year after year. And then to move across country to a new town and to not know anyone. What I realized really quickly is so much of my self-worth is tied up in what people think about me and people that I can trust. And those are good things, strong relationships. Those are like the things we want. And yet so much of my identity and self-worth were wrapped up in those relationships. And once those were removed from me, I found that I had like this withering soul. And it's hard, many of you, uh, not many people are from Phoenix. Many of you have, have moved here from somewhere else and you've dealt with this adjustment where you kind of leave behind relationships and identity and start new. And it's not like necessarily God has taken things from you, but now you're in this experience where things have been removed from your life. And it starts to reveal your character. Am I still faithful to God in the midst of this wilderness experience? We have a men's group that meets on Fridays. And uh, we always seem to be going through books about discipline, like the disciplines of a godly man or the spiritual disciplines by R Richard Foster and um, these are always kind of good things for us to put in our life just to create healthy rhythms uh, that form us over time. And uh, a couple of years ago, we went through this Richard Foster book called The Celebration of Discipline. And we were talking about this idea of fasting. Fasting is something that we kind of remove something that we, we like, food, um, or a certain kind of food over time. And, uh, and this is something uh, that I think, same thing happens as we go through wilderness experiences. We remove things that we kind of depend on it reveals something about us. And Richard Foster says this, more than any other single discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. This is a wonderful benefit to the true 
disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We cover up what is inside us with food and other good things, but in fasting these things surface. If pride controls us, it will be revealed almost immediately. David said, I, am, I humbled my soul with fasting. Anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, if they are within us, they will surface during fasting. At first, we will rationalize that our anger is due to our hunger, and then we know that we are angry because of the spirit of anger is within us. We can rejoice in this knowledge because we know that the healing is available through the power of Christ. This is something that the wilderness does, much like fasting. When we go through these wilderness experiences, for me, identity wrapped up into my closest friends. Once that's removed, I start to find out what's going on in my heart, where I'm putting my self-worth. And if you're going through a wilderness experience right now, and you feel like maybe God's not responding the way that you want him to. Maybe it's opportunity for him to reveal stuff in your heart to you. There's this testing that reveals what's inside. And maybe the wilderness isn't um, just this season of drought, this season of I'm in the wrong place, or you know, maybe, maybe you're exactly where God wants you because he's doing work in your life. That doesn't mean that you're in a situation that's toxic or destructive that you need to get out of. But in a, situ- in a, se- a, a season of learning and self-reflection. When Moses is talking to the people of God, he says, remember over those 40 years in the midst of the wilderness, there was a season of testing and it revealed what our heart was. Are we going to be a faithful people? The third thing is that the wilderness is a place of strengthening of strengthening. The wilderness is a place of strengthening. I think these are interesting words that Moses uses. He says, your clothes did not wear out and your, heat, your feet did not swell during those 40 years. There was something steadfast that was sustained, that God sustained you in the midst of this wilderness. When we go through these experiences of wilderness, it actually strengthens us and gives us a steadfast spirit in the midst of it. I'm not a uh, personal trainer. Um, I used to be athletic, and I'm trying to get athletic again. Uh, and working out a little bit. And, uh, but one thing I do know is about the, the process of working out. And we, I think we have some personal trainers in this church that I might completely embarrass myself in front of. But to build muscle, the way that you build muscle is you, you tear muscle down. You, you put stress on your muscles, and it tears it down. And then you rest, and you recover, and the muscles build and come back stronger. There's nourishment that goes into it. There's, there's a rhythm of working out. But in the midst of that strain, in the midst of those muscles breaking down, after resting and recovering, they come back stronger. You think about how calluses are formed. Uh, we've got this huge bush in the back of our yard right next to our pool that Marcy wants me to take out so that we can put in like, uh, like kind of like a nice patio near our pool and put in a couple lawn chairs. And the bush is one of those like desert bushes that like overnight, like without water, explodes. I don't have no idea how it happens. And it doesn't look like a very strong bush. Um, I don't even know what the bush is called. But as I started to dig it out, I started finding roots that were the size of like, I, I don't even know, like palm, like it was like they were this, this massive, I don't, like I, I don't even know how, what the roots, something that big, why it needs roots like that. It's, it was uh, troubling. 
And uh, I couldn't just dig these roots out. I had to start like sawing them and cutting them and chopping them. And, uh, and I was, it's, it's been like three weeks and I'm not done with this project yet. And the bush is like growing back. It's really annoying actually. But part of the reason I had to stop was uh, I thought I could just take this bush out really quickly with a couple shovels, didn't wear gloves. And before I knew it, by the end of the day, my hands were like raw. I was like, what in the world? Like, this kind of like shows that I'm a pastor. I don't really do like a lot of manual labor. Probably need to do more. Um, and uh, over the process of the last week, though, what happens after you have blisters is that calluses form. And I've noticed that even in my hands now, well, it was like my hands feel really strong. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, but, but calluses only form through the process of, of wear and tear, through breaking. Down, and then your hands come back and they're stronger to be used for work. The wilderness is this place of testing. I believe that there are these spiritual calluses that are built in our life when we go through extremely dif- difficult circumstances. We go through these wilderness experiences that are challenging, that, that test our faith, that, that, that feel lonely, that feel confusing, and yet we emerge from it with a stronger faith, a faith that has been tested and strengthened. I love what 1 Peter 5.10 says. It says, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. The famous passage in James, Consider it pure joy when you go through trials, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 1 Timothy 1.12 says, I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service. In the midst of these wilderness experiences, as we dive into summer, we'll find there's a strengthening that comes. You may be going through a season that feels like drought, that feels like wandering, that feels confusing and painful, a season of loneliness, and yet at the same time, God might have you where he wants you because he's doing something in your heart, creating a steadfast spirit within you. I believe when we are humbled, we're open to those lessons. That we are open to those lessons. It's interesting, as Moses talks about what's happened in the wilderness, uh, throughout the Old Testament, they keep looking back at this time. And it was a time of difficulty, but also there was this time of thankfulness. That Psalm 136 that we read last week, God who led us through the wilderness, his love endures forever. In Jeremiah 2, uh, 1 through 3, as Jeremiah is talking about the word of the Lord, he says, I remember, this is God talking, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of this harvest. There was this special season with God and his people when they didn't have anything, they didn't have land, they didn't have buildings, but they had the presence of God with them. There was something sweet about that that was formed in them as a people. There was something that was developed. In the midst of what you're going through right now, I believe the same thing happens. The weariness of the wilderness is a place of humbling and testing and strengthening. And when we're open to what God is doing in our life, whatever we're going through, God's doing a work inside of us. And here's one thing I learned through my experience in Texas, through a lot of counseling too. Uh, what God is concerned about, and I think this is what we find in the wilderness, is that it's not about what you are doing. 
It's about who you are becoming. What you're doing is good. That's important. But what God is concerned about is who are you becoming in the process? This is the heart of God. Developing you to be more like him, to be more like the person he created you to be. So today we're going to close with a couple of things, questions, reflections, prayers. And uh, we close each week at Desert City with a time of communion. So Tim's going to come back up and we'll close with some prayer, reflection, and communion. But when it comes to your circumstances right now, I don't know what you're going through. Summer is here. It always seems like people get really weary in Phoenix right around the time it starts getting hot. My guess is there's weariness in this room. My guess is there's wilderness experiences happening. Some of them might be more heavy than others. Um, If you're going through an experience of wilderness that just feels overwhelming, um, like you can't carry it alone, we'd love to just meet and pray with you today. That's something that you just need. You need uh, people to surround you, people to lift you up. We have a prayer team here that would love to just engage, lift you up this week. As we move to communion, if you want to move, uh, we kind of have like a prayer spot now behind the sound booth. I'll be back there and love to pray with you. If your experience of the wilderness is just too heavy and you need support, we'd love to spend time praying. Another thing to reflect on is uh, just a prayer for an openness of what God's doing. Maybe you're confused, you're not sure why you feel like you're in the wilderness or why it doesn't seem like God's answering prayers or things aren't working out the way that you would like. And uh, I want to spend this time just for a prayer of, of openness that allows us to be humble, to be in tune with what God's teaching us in these unexpected situations. The third thing would be... Uh, a prayer for wisdom. If, if wilderness experiences are a time of testing, that God would give us the wisdom to navigate those experiences well. Navigate those experiences, understand what are the things that have uh, been lies of Satan, what are the things that are true about my identity, what are the things that I need to stay away from, what are the things that I need to maybe re-engage wisdom in the time of testing. And then the fourth thing would be just a prayer of strengthening for us as a community and for us individually, in the midst of the weariness of the things that we go through, that God would give us a steadfast spirit inside of us. So as Tim comes back up, let me say uh, a word of prayer. And then uh, if you would like to move to communion, uh, we have communion on both sides of the room. We're not really sure how the flow will feel in this new place. So there's one back there, there's one up here. Uh, Communion for us is this sacred act of remembrance. Uh, For us, it's this remembrance that God has done this work in this world through Jesus on the cross. We take a piece of bread that represents the body of Christ that was broken on the cross. We take a cup of juice that represents the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross. We believe that through the breaking of the bread and the the shedding of the blood, our brokenness is restored. All the things that we get wrong are made right, redeemed, saved. And we go to communion being reminded of what God is doing. And today as we go to communion, we want to acknowledge that God is at work in our life, no matter what our circumstances are. So let's spend some time in prayer. If you're ready to move to communion, if you'd like to meet me in the back for prayer, we can do that. And then Tim Tim will close us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day, for this new place that we could be in, Lord, that you would provide a space for us to worship, to gather. 
Lord, we want to give you thanks in all circumstances. As we read through this passage in Deuteronomy, as Moses tells the people to look back and to look forward, he reminds them that the wilderness was, was a place of unexpected lessons. It wasn't easy. In many ways, it was painful, and yet you were with them, shaping them and molding them to be a particular people. Lord, I pray that we would have an openness to experience that as well. As we consider our past, where we've come from, the things that we're still unraveling, the things that are still painful, Lord, we would find healing and redemption. We'd find hope. As we consider our future, Lord, we would know that you have great plans for us as a community, as families, as individuals, that you desire to give us life that's truly life, life that's not of this world, but life that is of you. So I pray your blessing on us today, Lord, that we would journey well, that out of the wilderness we would experience you. We love you, Lord. In your sons and we pray.